0: Book of Today's stuff is Zion twenty seven and we will be um finishing the second parak and beginning the third and um, you know it'd be nice if these Prakim were a little bit I mean they as we mentioned I think in the first day the uh, the Mesechid uh, is very well structured in that the first parak opens up with Kwalim and then we focus in on Shane and regel and so on but once we get to the individual division of the Prakim they're not as uh, sort of single topic as we would like so while the second parak, it would dominated the discussions of Shane and regel. Um, by the end we were dealing with the, what's a muad and what's a Shortam we sort of started that discussion we're going to go back to that discussion we also have the whole issue about um, you know about uh, what do you call it about um, 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 about other moodle Olam because oh, I'm sorry about Karen Bershut Hanizak, right that my should be when it does a Karen in a private domain is that going to be half damages or full damages and now we have other moodle Olam so to remind you why we're doing that that was all an elaboration of the end of the first paragraph where it said there are five Muadim remember five muadim: Shane and Regel and Karin Bur Shoot Hanizak and Adam and I missed one. Anyway, um, so there are those oh, and of hey. course Ashur Hamuad. So this Perak elaborated on those five Muadim. So it was a dominant discussion of Murad, but it was like also like a little bit of a tease because it began, you know, the whole discussion of Tam and Muad and three times and reversing it, but it never didn't fully flesh that out. Um, and in a similar way, we are now finishing up the discussion of la olam, which interestingly also continues into the next perech, Um And then we'll sort of see what, could, what the next parak consists of. Okay, so we... Um, so, but just to sort of make you aware that we've dealt with some, like, major discussions of some of those distinct categories, but we're sort of beginning those discussions to be fuller, more fully fleshed out later. And now we're in the middle of the discussion of other mudla olam. So, what the Gemara said has made a very important point. At the very beginning, it talked about a person sleeping who accidentally breaks a vessel or uh, blinds his, uh, somebody else's eye and the Gemara said this idea of that you always pay full regardless of negligence is only for Nezek is only for damages but in terms of the additional payment that a person pays in cases of personal injury like uh, Shevet and Ripoy and Bochet and Tsar all those cases of personal injury that you would not pay um, at all times you would only pay when what would be the circumstances under which you would pay that so the Gemara um, did not fully spell that out. Rashi, to remind you, Rashi at the bottom of Chavava Amadalif says, um, um, He discusses, A, the Pusuk says when people are fighting, and it talks about, so you're fighting, you're intentionally trying to inflict damage. So he says, it has to therefore be, you're not mordla olam, those additional payments, but you don't have to be really fully mitkavein. Rashi's phrase is fully intentional to do damage. He says, Rashi's phrase is, mezid, intentional, or karov mezid, close to mezid. So this is what we are now going to sort of like turn to right now to identify what is the threshold under which you would pay those additional payments beyond Nezek. Um, and yesterday we looked at some scenarios where which would seem to be a good degree of negligence that you would not. Somebody shoots an arrow arrow and he wants it to go a certain distance and it goes a longer distance and injures somebody. Right? I think that's probably the best example of a degree of negligence. What are you doing shooting an arrow in that person's direction? Okay? And nevertheless, that's not considered negligent enough or cur of enough to pay Arba Dvarim. People remember that from yesterday? That I think was the most... Well, another case was, you're lying on a rooftop sunning yourself and you have a rock on you and you knew you had a rock on you and you forgot about it. And then you stood up. Okay? But even that, you you, well, you're pretty negligent forgetting you have a rock on you when you're sunning out yourself on a rooftop. But even that is like, you know, not as much negligence as shooting an arrow and expecting you to go some distance and it goes a further distance. And nevertheless, it said in that case, you're exempt on the Arba Dvarim. So let's keep that in mind because now we're going to try to see the threshold of when you're chayiv in these extra payments for personal injury. Okay? So the Gemara picks up like this. Um, Basur, two lines down on Chavzaina right? We read the Meseh Nisaso. Yes? Okay. So Basur, now this is a, these are sort of statements of Ravah. Ravah had some, or Rabah, some great statements about throwing a vessel off of a rooftop and somebody coming in and removing the pillows from underneath that they're both exempt. The guy who threw it, it was going to land on a pillow. He didn't do anything. The guy removed the pillow. He, he was indirect, or if you threw a pillow, or if you threw a vessel off of a rooftop and it was going to hit the ground and somebody broke it, the second person is exempt because the thing was already about to break. Presumably, the first person would be Chayev, okay? And then it started talking about questions about doing that if, you know, God forbid if we're talking about a, about a baby, a human being, and so on, who is considered to be the murderer? Now, Bajdor of the somebody threw a baby off of a rooftop and an ox came and gored it in midair. Okay, so Kluk said, Rabbi Shmuel ben Oshav ben Does the do, do, do you have to pay kofar in that case for you know killing a person if you, the ox has scored three times you pay kofar? Would there be a kofar payment in that play in that case? The time was on the brayta. The Nesam that you shall pay the redemption of the soul. This case of kofar when your ox scores and kills somebody. The main mizak. The um, you pay for the life as it would be market sold in the slave market of the person whose life was uh, killed, or the, the who was, that's funny he calls it Mizak, but it means the domain the main neharag no, the, the owner of the ox pays for the value of his life how much he would be sold in the slave market because here's the idea if you're paying an atonement payment so the khirish of the Torah by an ox that gores somebody is that as opposed to in the ancient world where the halacha was that if an ox gored somebody there would be times where actually you would kill, t- take the life of the owner by the way it explains the Pasuk right? the Pasuk says right? everybody knows that when, you know by the Arctic or somebody so what do you mean if it kills a, uh, a you know a boy or a girl like why do I need that pussy? Of, uh, of course of course I'd be the, the, same. the same because in the ancient world if it would kill if if, if Reuven's ox would kill Sh- Shimon's children then we would then then, then they would kill Ruvain's children so is the is saying, no 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 you do not take the life of the owner or of the owner's children what you do is you pay a co-fair okay so the co-fair because it's an atonement payment for the co- loss of the life How do you make that atonement payment? One way to say is you try to do something that symbolically is giving back the life of the one who was killed. So that would be the value of that person's, you know, the way you would assign a value to human life, of course, which is, you know, absurd, but the only way we can do it is we do it based on how it would go in the slave market. But the other way of understanding it is not giving back the value of the life that was taken, but giving the value of the life of the person who owned the ox. Because it's a statement that his life deserves to be taken and instead of taking his life you're taking something to substitute for his life you're taking a, a monetary payment okay so therefore if that's um, um, so that's the debate so now we're saying that that would tie in here why would that tie in here because this baby thrown off the roof it doesn't have any value in the slave market right who's gonna pay for a baby that's about to die and as it hits the ground so if you paid to nizak, you wouldn't pay anything but if you paid to mazik then you're obviously then you're you're going to pay however much the value of the owner of the ox is okay so in that case the baby's thrown off the roof that the ox gores and kills um, it would, it, whether there would be a payment or not would depend on Dimei ox versus Deme Mazik okay the Amar Rabba. now Rabba says now this gets us back to the case of, as I was saying, about what is the threshold of payment for, uh, for personal injury, for Chavala. The oh, Shagag, excuse me, we're not there yet. First we have to have this fun case. Shagag, oh, Venitka Actually it is, it's post. Okay, a person falls off of a rooftop and happens to have an erection while he's at the rooftop, and he winds up, uh, um, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here? Penetrating, thank you, a woman. Okay, which is like, so you know, when you're teaching this, this in a high school, this is the case that you never forget. Okay, anyway, the kids will never forget this case. Exactly how the Gemara imagined that this could actually happen, I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that. Why is it carpal amazing? We'll see in a minute so now finally after having all those cases where you're exempt for Arbat varim because you were not negligent enough right, because even the shooting of the arrow case, here all of a sudden you're Chayv in Arbat but you're not but 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 it would not be an act of sex to make this woman your wife this person's wife if it was his sister-in-law and the brother had died so I understand, so let's read what the Gemara says, now first of all you In four of the five, Nezek Tsari Bin Shevaz, of a Boschus low, not Boschus. Non, because we've in the Mishnah, Enoch Haev, Alaboschus, Ache meets Kazain. You have to actually have intention. Negligence isn't enough. Bullshit! that you really need intention we'll see about that in a minute but by these other things negligence is enough now we have a double problem understanding what we just taught because number one is why is this more negligent than the case of the shooting of the arrow right that's not clear at all now you could say that maybe it has to do with the fact that the uh, that the guy has the erection because <laughs> there's a general understanding that right that if I mean the relevance of that is I mean, that you know the assumption that an erection has only if the person wants it you know which is interesting because it doesn't really pay attention to a sort of a like a you know a physiological response to you know being sexually stimulated even if it's not like your desire to have it but anyway but the Gemara but the Gemara nevertheless says that and that's relevant in the following case let's say somebody says to someone kill this person or I'll kill you right so you're supposed to let so so you're supposed to let yourself be killed but let's say the person didn't do that and he went ahead and he killed the guy that he was you know that he he was told to kill. Has he committed murder? Ha- is he liable for an act of murder? So the halacha is the way the Rambam and Tosus rule is that you're not this guy is not liable for an act of murder. He did the act of murder under duress. So what did he do wrong then? What he did wrong was was that he did not do he did not fulfill the mitzvah of to of 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 you know of kiddush Hashem of giving up their life before doing that. But but the the act of murder itself was an act that was done under duress and he has not violated the act of murder. Now let's say some. says to this person you know uh, have sex with this married woman or I'll kill you and he's supposed to give up his life because one of the hergvalyavu is forbidden act of sex and he doesn't and he has sex with that woman so in that case he is liable for having done an act of adultery it's not considered to be under duress and not really his act why (laughs) because there's a principle of enkishel adas that since erection ultimately comes because a person like wants to have it then the source of the desire and the want for the act when you're, somebody is murdering somebody under duress the source of the desire for the act is seen to be external to him and being imposed upon him when this case the source of the desire for the act is seen to be internal to him okay that's this principle of Enki Shreya so you could have sort of said that maybe that somehow explains this case and since it's, this case is this guy with this erection so maybe it's considered to be like his act and not an accident and fundamentally you know that he wanted it of course if that's true if, you haven't and anyway if that were true you also would be it should be an act of yibum. it should be an act of making his uh, you know a sex that his sister-in-law is now his wife so that doesn't seem to be the way to go so let's see what Rashi says Rashi says Kabi this is Rashi two lines three lines down to the narrow lines Vinit Kabi Bar Rashi says Shanaful Beruch Mitsuya the so Rashi says no the only reason here this is considered negligent is because this guy was standing at the edge of the roof and he should have expected that it was very likely that he would fall so then why does it not work for the case of Yibum that if a man has sex with his uh, sister-in-law it creates an act of Yibum whether it's intentional or not intentional that's when he wants to have sex he just thought the woman he was having sex with was a different woman but it was an intentional act of sex this case he wasn't intending to have an act of sex Okay, therefore it does not work so Raji says that this, has nothing, that this is not because of this issue of the kishoi of the erection basically this person was all an accident And that's why, since it was not an intended act of sex, it doesn't work for Yibum. So then why do you pay Arbat So Rashi just says Ruach Mitsuya. It was a high degree of negligence. Okay, Ruach Mitsuya, a common wind, it would have been likely to expect, that's a degree of negligence for example, that a Shomer Chinam is high for. So what you have to do now is you have to go back to everything we talked about yesterday and say that the guy who forgets that he has the rock on his chest or the guy who shoots an arrow to go two feet and goes four feet or four feet and goes eight feet, you have to say, oh, that wasn't negligent enough. Okay, that was a middle degree of negligence. But once you hit high degree of negligence, Ruach mitzuyah, then that's what you're high for, for Arba And that is basically, so it's funny, because, you know, you would have thought that that would also have been some of those cases yesterday. But that's important principle number one, is that Pshia, the type of pia that a Shomer Chinam is high for, Ruach Mitsuya, a common wind, a reasonable thing, a common thing to expect could happen, that type of negligence, that is a Enough to pay for arba dvarim for the other payments for personal injury, with the exception of boseh. Boseh needs intention, and now we're going to look at that in but a minute. I'm yes. Saying, in the case of this guy, you know, he's thinking sexual thoughts. He's thinking okay. He's thinking, but that doesn't mean that he's negligent for the person standing below or whatever. No, oh, you mean in terms of givo? Yeah. But he's not trying to have sex with this woman. Uh, he's actually he's right. trying to have Yeah. The act he thought he was doing no, was no, an no. act of sex. No. Correct. Correct. Hello, you had a question. I was about, uh, now that you mentioned um oh that's an interesting question. Would you have a philosophy of show herself a baonis in terms of Arbadwaran? Uh yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, um yeah, 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 No, I understand the question. Like, let's say, I mean, since we're going on the Mishnah that says that he's lied down next to a person, right? Simas um, Ein Haveru, he's potter, right? And the, based on the Ushami, whatever it tells us, points out that that's like, that's the person came and lied down to, I'm sorry, he's Chayi, by Simas Ein Um Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question what you do to let some people serve your Um... I don't know. Okay. We'll have to think about that. All right. Um, so let's take a look now as the Gemara continues. Um, all right. So, the so now, but you have to be mitkavein. Um, so the Gemara says like this. Ve'amar Rabbah, uh, and Rabbah says, now we're going to clarify a little bit about this mitkavein by Boshet. and here it's where you see where Rashi got the If the guy fell off with an unexpected wind, unexpected doesn't necessarily mean it's an anus. So it could be, but not like, it's not blatant, Negligence, not gross negligence. Okay, and he damaged somebody below, and he caused them to be embarrassed. He's high for nezek because nezek is Adamur olam. And he's exempt with for the fourth extra payments for personal injury because we said you need pshia, and roch is not pshia. Now Baruch and here it's even more explicit where Rashi is getting that as the standard. If it was a win. That could be expected, and he caused personal damage and he embarrassed somebody. bar Badvarim, you pay four things. So here you see the level, the threshold to be chayiv for the payment of personal injury is ruach mitsuya, which means sort of pshia, the type of gross negligence or shomer is chayiv for. Upater ala boshe, but exempt from the boshet, because even with this gross negligence, that is not intentional. And boshe you're only chayiv if you're intending to actually embarrass or to injure as we're going and then that's the the last line. But if the guy in midair turned around like he flipped over because he figured as Rashi explains it he'd rather fall on somebody below than fall on the concrete so he intentionally sort of tried to move his position in midair to fall on that person then that's going to be considered enough Kavana to be Chaivon Boshet okay which is um, now that's a Chiddush because there's two things uh, well maybe that's that's an interesting question I don't know it's an interesting question but uh, or maybe but the point is there's a double Chiddush here number one is you're not intent intending to to be embarrassed the guy below you're just trying to break your fall not only you're not intending to embarrass the guy below you're not even trying to hurt him you don't have any ill will towards that person but you're but you're just again you're just trying to save yourself but nevertheless since this act which is intended to save yourself is going to come at the uh, you know that you are going to injure him or might injure him in the process that's considered to be intending to injure him and as we're about to see if you intend to injure even if you don't intend to embarrass that is the Level, you need to be high for This so, Now the puzzle we learn Bosheth from is a case where the woman intervenes with her husband and another man fighting and it says, you know, she grabs him in the genitals or the other man and it says, you cut off her hand. So the rabbi say, you don't literally mean you cut off her hand, it means she pays for the embarrassment. So she sends forth her hand. Of course she therefore grabs the guy. Why does it have to say that? I don't know. That. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know exactly understand the question. But anyway, she grabs hold of the guy. Since she was trying to damage, even though you were not trying to embarrass, you were just trying to like just trying to, you know, to to, to injure the person or to intervene and not just be trying to cause embarrassment. Okay? That is enough intention in order to be high for Bosheth. So for Bosheth, you need not negligence is not enough. You need kavod, but the but kavana not to cause embarrassment, kavanah to, to do damage. And the chiddush of the case of the guy flipping in midair is he might be intending to injure, but he's not, he's not motivated to injure the guy. He doesn't want to injure the guy, but he's doing an act that he knows will or might very likely bring about injury, and that also is considered sufficient. So to do an act that you know might very well injure this person, that is considered kavanah lahazik, and that is considered enough to be high for boshet. Okay, so those are the thresholds. Nezek is even onus. Shedet ripor Tsar is pshia, the type of pshia ruach mitziyah that Roshom Rechim is high for. Boshet is kavana, not kavana levaish, kavana lehazik, and kavana lehazik is even if you don't want to hurt, you know, you don't want to hurt the person, but you basically are doing an act that you know is going to hurt the person, or might very well hurt the person. But, yeah. Now, uh um, <laughs> let's say, Okay, a lot of funny, like you know, has a lot of these nice scenarios here, all lined up. Somebody put a, um, a a a coal on another person's, like a burning ember on somebody else's heart. Like the guy was lying on the floor. Who made? And the person died as a result. Patur. So this, so that's not an act of murder. You're exempt, and maybe also exempt even if, if, if for golas, because the guy should have removed it. I mean, obviously assuming that the guy had the ability to remove it. Okay. Um, so I'll be gadol It was on a person's garments and the from its Chayav okay? because you could say obviously you burned it what's the chidosh? the Kiddush is even though the other guy could have removed the coal what you did the act of damage He, you cannot say well you did it to yourself because you didn't remove it you know no I, it's, I can allow it to burn and I'll just get you to reimburse me okay so we taught both of those the case of the heart it's a Mishnah if somebody you sort of held somebody down in, a, in the middle of a, of a, of a of, of you know of a fire oh or held the person's head under water and he couldn't get up so he that's an act of murder even if he didn't push the guy the guy was already in the water he just put his hands on the guy's head and kept the guy from going up he didn't even push him underwater. that's considered an act of murder in your chayev ok however if he pushed the guy into the fire into the water even though you did the act of pushing him in if he's shamu, meis, patur. If the guy could get out, that's not an act of murder, okay? So the Chiddush is, the first case is the Chiddush, that's an act of murder, even though you just prevented the guy from getting up. He was already, his head was already below water. The second case is the Chiddush, that it's not an act of murder, even if you push the guy in, since he could get out. So it's basically assumed that a person will, of course, you know, naturally act in a way to save their own lives and therefore, if they could have saved their own life and they didn't, then you are exempt because of course, you can't say, I did it. The person should have taken, you know, should have uh, got, you know, got out of the water. Okay, however, now, so that's that point about the Gachelet. So that he says, that's from that Mishnah. Now, uh, how do you know by the case of garment that you're chayev? Because we talk in the Mishnah. If somebody says, rend my garments or break my, picture then and you go ahead and you listen to him fine he gave you permission to do it but he didn't say you wouldn't have to reimburse him so you have to pay him for the garment you have to pay him for the picture I'm a nasty store but if he says no you can break my garment you know tear my garments and you won't have to pay me for it then you're exempt so what does that tell us it tells us the following that you why don't you say the same way a person should have removed the coal from his uh, heart he should have removed the coal that's burning his garment and if he didn't remove the coal that's burning his garment so he brought the injury upon himself yes I put the coal on the garment but don't blame me for it burning the guy the person will naturally remove something from the garment so this mission shows us that no that when it comes to a person's objects as opposed to a person's body you do not interpret things as if he is like okay with the damage and waiving payment if I tell you tear my garment tear my clothes we don't say oh you told me I could tear your clothes it means I won't have to pay no it means sometimes I allow my things to be destroyed but I'm still going to Expect you to pay me back to them, okay? Unless I explicitly exempt you, and it's not necessarily true. The I would naturally remove my call from the garment. If I knew that I was going to get reimbursed, right? I wouldn't. When it's my own life. It doesn't you know of course I'm gonna save my own life but if it's uh, if, if, if you're burning my uh, my clothes you know I figured like sometimes people will say like steal the car I need the insurance money you know if you're burning my clothes great you know you'll pay me back I'll be able to buy myself a new one so you cannot say that my absence of removing the coal means oh I'm okay with the fact that it's destroyed and you're not gonna to have to pay me you know when it's my things it could be that I let you destroy them with the expectation that it'll get reimbursed and ultimately you're the one who did it yes Of a logical fallacy there, which is that if we assume that someone instinctively does all they can to save their own life, yes, and die, right. was impossible to you mean why do we just say the fact that they didn't shows us that the person actually was not, you know, uh, was not able to, right, yeah, I, yeah I, I, it's, I, it's a good question, like how do you determine what it means was able to, like in whose estimation, right, yeah, yeah, you're right, I mean, I, I you know, you can imagine a case where a person, you know, was sort of, st- it's like suicidal or whatever, but it's a, good, it's a good question, you're right, like, I mean, how do we know, who gets to determine whether it was possible or not, I mean, but it's one thing I think if somebody's in the middle of a Building in flames. If a guy has a little coal on his heart and he's not doing anything and he's just lying there, but who knows? You know, maybe he's paralyzed with fear, right? Yeah, I mean, right or whatever. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. So if we make an exception if he's trying to save his own life. Why don't we interpret flipping over in mid air so it's not to injure himself? Right. Just, you know, uh, as an acceptable thing. Under- no, no, no. So the question isn't that he did something wrong by the flipping over in the mid air. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's an interesting question. Right? Can I intentionally cause injury to somebody else to save my own life? Maybe you know there's another well. That's actually a case actually similar to that later on. But even if you did something that was acceptable, it wasn't it wasn't wrong to do it. Nevertheless, you know, yeah, it doesn't mean you don't have to pay the consequences of it and pay the damages. But you're right. The, that's what I was sort of saying. The intentionality la Hazi for bochet does not mean that you want to do an evil act. Right? It's just you're doing a, a conscious act that you know will cause injury. So that's I mean, as, as sufficient. Um, Okay, so now with that distinction, we have one last case. By Rabbah, So Rabbah asked, Let's say you got your slave, and Tosus says that the case would be that the slave would be bound. The slave can't do anything about it, because of course, if the slave was not bound, the slave would take the coal off of his own heart. Okay, but the slave can't do anything about it. The question is about you. Okay, somebody went ahead and put a coal on the slave, and the slave is bound and can't do anything, but you can remove it. Kigufo dummy? so it's sort of it, it, do you treat the slave like your own self and, of course, you would never tolerate you know, having uh, letting the slave's life be taken you know, in this process, and therefore you can't blame the guy who put the coal on the heart because, of course, the owner should remove it. The same way the owner would never tolerate it if it was on his own heart. Oh, to Mamona Dummy. Or is it like on his garment? It's like, okay, you destroy my slave. You'll pay me for a new slave. Right? So that's a really interesting question, right? This is, gets to the whole heart of the issue. She's the pun. Anyway, the heart of the issue of, you know, about a slave as property. How does the owner treats the slave does he treat the slave like a piece of property so you destroy my slave you'll buy me a new one and therefore I don't have you know it's not expected that I would remove the coal or no the owner recognizes that it's a human being and recognizes the life of the slave and therefore of course he would remove the coal and if he doesn't then it's his fault not your fault okay now let's say you say he does treat it like his own body let's say he has a, puts a coal on an ox and a bound ox okay so does, that, does the owner say well you know fine you'll buy me another ox he treats it like a piece of property and therefore you're to blame because there was not an expectation that the owner would remove it right or do you say no an ox is still a living thing if it's a living thing then you could say okay I know I put the coal on the ox but of course the owner was going to remove it who, who didn't remove it from a you know from, 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 from if their animal about to be killed so, um, so the Gemara says hadar parsta. so mahu what's the halacha um, hadar parshta in the end he concluded, His slave, he tweaks like his own body, and therefore, it's of course taken for granted that the person would remove a coal from his body, he'd remove a coal from the slave. If he doesn't, he is just welcoming the damage upon himself, um, and therefore you're exempt. And in the case though about the ox, in the end of the day, it might be, understa- the, we wouldn't necessarily expect that he would remove it. Maybe he would be okay with the ox being killed as long as he's going to be reimbursed. So really interesting question, right, about how a person treats Things that and legally are his property, but there's a difference between inanimate living things that are his property and human beings that are his property. And does he sort of, and how does he look at them? Does he look at them purely just as you know, in terms of their dollar value and purely as pieces of property? Yes. So. Right. Yeah, but right. So that's a straight right. But Tosfos's read is a much better read of the Gemara because what type of a question is that of course a slave would remove something and yeah, so I was reading it through Tosis right okay um, okay so now so that was an interesting little ending of that now we move on to now we move on to the next Perek which uh, is going to sort of be an interesting intersection of some discussions of Adam Hamazik and Boor. so let's take a look um, somebody puts a vessel in the middle of the public domain and somebody else comes and trips so, Reuben puts a vessel in the middle of Rashida Rashidrabin, and Shimon comes and trips on it. The Shebrani broke it. Patur. So Shimon is exempt. Even after, now, this is of course in, in direct contrast. to saying a minute ago that Adam olam. Adam is olam, but Shimon now walks in Rashidrabin and breaks Reuben's vessel. He doesn't have to pay. The And if however Shimon got damaged by breaking the vessel, so bala chavit chayav dinisco. The owner of the barrel has to pay. Has to pay. Reuben has to pay Shimon because Reuben made a bore. So you understand, Rubin put his picture or barrel in B'shuda Rabim. He made a bore Bashur Rabim. He's chayav if Shimon gets damaged, but if Shimon damages the thing, Shimon is exempt. So it's on the one hand a bore. We understand why he's high, but we don't understand why Shimon is exempt because we said other wood leolam. Okay, so let's take a look at what the Gemara does. <speaking in Hebrew> so the first thing the Gemara notices is it says you put a cut a picture, and then it ends with talking about the person who put the barrel. the and we have similarly where the Mishnah alternates between Khar and Khaziv. Two people are walking in Rashida Rabim, one guy with a beam and the other guy with a barrel. Nishbar this guy's picture breaks on this guy's beam. Patur, you're exempt. So patach L it starts by describing the case of one guy carrying a barrel, the seen and it ends by the guy carrying a picture. But now Nami without another Mishnah. Zebah this guy's carrying a barrel of wine, the other guy's carrying a picture of honey. So the, the picture of honey, of the barrel, now we switched to barrel. The barrel of honey cracks, and the honey's about to wa- go to waste. And honey is a lot more expensive, you know, per ounce than wine. So this guy decided he'll do a favor to the other person. The He poured out his wine, and he saved the honey in his barrel. And now he wants to be reimbursed. Because I did you a favor, I saved your valuable honey he only gets paid the, the fee for the service for like the act of you know, of, of saving the, of the, the honey, like a hired hand but he does not get paid for his loss of wine alright, which is, one wonders if that's good public policy, but anyway that's not our issue right now, what our issue right now is it initially describes the guy who had a pitcher of honey and it ends by talking about a barrel of honey so clearly the Mishnah thinks the word pitcher and barrel are interchangeable but they are different things so, Amr of Papa, Hainu Kar Hainu Chavis. You're right. In the, in the mission's language, a Kar and a Chavis refer to the same thing, presumably a Chavis. Because the other part is always talking about a chavis, a barrel. But l'may naf so why is it sort of interchanging the words? What's an implication of knowing that these refer, can refer to the same things? Lemeka humemker, for case of business, you basically agree with somebody, I'm going to buy a barrel's worth of, a worth of honey, we'll do the honey case, and he goes and he delivers you a pitcher's worth of honey. Okay? So he could say, well, I know you say chavis, but, you know, I understood chavis meant a pitcher. Or the reverse, you know? you know, know, he. You, you buy a picture, and he, uh, what would be the case? You sell a picture, whatever. Anyway, you can keep on. You can claim you said one, but you meant the other. So the Gemara says, "Hey, what's the case?" If it's a place that's not like whoever the, the you know, like the Mishnah's was assuming a place where it's very clear that barrel means barrel and picture means picture. Halo lo you can't claim it meant the other thing. It doesn't matter what it says in the Mishnah in this place. Chavis means Chavis, and Kad means Kad. So, hello karalo. No, here would be the case. The case would be, you know, and presumably, if everybody meant the words interchangeably, it also wouldn't be a chiddush, you know. So it must be that the words in general have their standard meaning. A pitcher means a pitcher, and a barrel means a barrel. The economy, the carul chavisah But some people sometimes use the word chavis to refer to a pitcher, and they use the word and they use the word to refer to a barrel. So I might say that you. You go by the majority. You don't go by monetary matters after the majority. What does it mean? What principle do you go by by monetary matters? So, you have the burden of proof. So the case would be, right, you paid me the money for my pitcher for my chavit of wine. And I deliver to you a uh and I deliver to you a pitcher of wine, not a barrel of wine. Okay? So you're saying, what are you talking about? I wanted a barrel. Give me back my money. I don't want a pitcher. Say, no, Hamo me, of Araya. I have the money now in my possession. Okay? You prove that when we agreed to the idea of of chavis, we meant barrel I understood that by chavis, we meant a picture not a barrel and if you want to say otherwise you have to prove it to me okay and the same would be in the reverse you haven't paid me the money yet right we said a card I delivered a card and you're saying no we said cod, but I wanted a barrel I assume we meant a barrel I said fine give me back my money I mean and I'm saying no 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 we agreed to this pay me I'm not gonna pay you you know I say we meant the I say we meant a barrel not a picture so whoever you're trying to get to pay up the money you have to. Prove that that's what you meant, and even if the majority of times it's clear that you know what your interpretation is correct, since there's a minority number of t- circumstances that people mean the other thing, then you cannot prove that's not enough to be able to prove that your interpretation is the correct one, and that you can force the money out of this other person's hands. Okay, so Hamotzi Mechavel Avaraya trumps the idea of rove. Now, what I'm expecting somebody to ask is, well, why don't we just see how much you paid? Like, you know. You know, you know shouldn't the amount of money that you paid prove what we were talking about right if you paid a, if, if basically a picture normally goes for $10 and a barrel normally goes for $50 and you paid $50 shouldn't that be sufficient proof the majority possibility maybe isn't but the amount of money clearly points to what you meant so TOSIS deals with that and Tosus says you know what maybe it would because there's another grammar that says it does but he says there could be scenarios where you can't prove anything from the money like maybe, you know, maybe we didn't settle on the price and I want, you know, we didn't, you know, and I wanted, I, I want to, you know, you're, you're trying to sell me a lot and I only wanted to buy a little or vice versa. There could be cases or let's say we said I will buy $100 of barrels from you and you delivered $100 worth of pictures, right? So there could be scenarios in which you can't prove it for money, but it is worth noting that it's possible that the money can be used as evidence. But the simple question of rove, the majority of what those terms normally meant would not be enough proof to extract money from the other person. Okay, so that's one parenthetical thing which has nothing to do with our focus on nezek, but um, it's important. The larger discussion in shas of hamotzi mechaberul haraya. Now we get back to our nezek discussion. the Shibra patur. Somebody came and was walking in Rashida rabin and broke the picture. They're exempt. Now remember, this is right ever after, after having said, "Adamuud la olam." So if Gemara says, "Am I potter? Why are you exempt? you should look where you're going." You broke this guy's picture. You should look where you're going. So Aidve Rav Mishmed Rav. So in the house of Rav, they said, the basement of Rav, this guy basically filled the street with his barrels. So therefore, you know, there was no way to get through the street without stepping on his barrels. So therefore, I'm exempt because I don't, he doesn't have a right to prevent me from walking through with Ravim. It's night. Since it's night, you can't look where you're going. And that's why you're exempt it was around the corner so basically right how come these things always run out okay anyway basically it's like I guess you're putting the barrels here so this guy he's looking where he's going but you know as he sort of turns the corner you know you know you can't like see around the corner, so you can't anticipate what you're about to step on as you're turning around the corner. Um, okay, Amarav Papa, said, "Lo okish Reb Yochanan." Our mission can only fit either like Shmuel's read or Reb Yochanan's read, the corner or the darkness. But the E then that's why you're exempt because you don't normally can't see where you're going. But the E Rav, if it's the case of Rav that the Rashisram is filled with barrels, and you have to, you know, you have no choice but to go through them. My irya nitka, why does it say if you tripped on it you're exempt? Afilu shibernami. even if you intentionally broke the barrel you're exempt. You don't have a right to stop, you know, to fill up Rosh I can walk, intentionally walk through them and to get where I have to go. You know, you're compromising my rights of Rosh Hashanah. So, Derava, who had in the No, no, we could read the Mishnah like Rav, that the, that the street was completely blocked with these barrels. And yes, it's true, if you intentionally broke them, you'd also be exempt. So, nitko, so I would say, you tripped. Because we're going to say that if you tripped and got injured the owner of the barrel has to pay you for damages that case is Davkanitko only if it was an accidental tripping although Shiber, if you intentionally broke the barrel to get through um, low you cannot come to the owner and say oh I got hurt while I was breaking your barrel trying to get through why? my timer who does it cannot say if you're intentionally breaking it yes you have a right to break it and you don't have to pay, compensate the guy he had no right to fill the street but if you are knowing that you're breaking it then you have to be careful not to hurt yourself if you're consciously breaking it. And if you hurt yourself in that process, don't come to me. But if you tripped on it, then I would have to pay you. Okay? So let's take a moment and pause here for a second. There's two very interesting things that emerge here. Number one is, when you feel it's just a robin, I have a right to intentionally break the stuff to get through. Okay? And we're going to be- see about that in a minute, that principle. Basically, it's like, you know, what do you mean I have a right to, 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 to break it and get through? You know, let's say we had a case like this. Your car was uh, half, was across the road. Would I be allowed to go ahead and like uh, break your car down and pull it out? No, I'd have to call the cops, right? If there was a problem. So this is going to be an interesting discussion of Avi i Linafshe. You might not have a right to do that. You might have to, you know, but why do I have a right to take the law into my own hands and to break it to get through. Why shouldn't we have to, like, call the authorities and force you to remove them, right? So that's an interesting thing, number one, which we're going to get to. The assumption that if you ever sit around filled with these things, I can break them in order to get through. Intentionally break them. But the other thing, the more immediate issue is the Gemara's assumption that, I, that if I break your barrel... I should pay because I should watch where I'm going and it gives scenarios that, oh, I'm not expected to watch where I'm going because it's night time it's around the corner or whatever. But the question is, why does any of this make sense? Whatever happened to right so who cares i should watch where i'm going i shouldn't watch where i'm going i should be hired even in the nighttime. i should be tied even around the corner you know why does Gemara even say you know i should watch where i going. i shouldn't watch where i'm going whatever i'm to the Ad-Mudl-Olam. so it's very strange that the Gemara seems to not to accept the idea that i am exempt it's not bothered with the concept of Olam. and the only question it has is not that i should pay because i should always be liable but i should pay because I should have watched where I was going cause I had negligence. I should have been paying attention. And it has to give me examples where that's not expected for me to be able to see what I'm doing. It's, it's everyone, why right. That, so why would you in the Ah, so, so what you're saying is, is that since the guy who put the barrel did something wrong, that should get me off. And that, so that's, so that's probably the best answer. But let's take a look. I wanted to put that out there. I want to read another line and then I'll tell you what ra- Tosos and the Ramban say about this. Okay, so the says like this. Um Verses like this. I'm um, a Rabbi Uh Okay. I'm um, gonna be I'm a Rabbi Rabbi Abba Rabbi Avashi. Rabbi Abba Rabbi Here's what they say in Eretz Yisrael. Mishmeds Rabbi Ula. In the name of or some say Rabbi Eli. Because normally it's just Ula, not Rabbi Ula. No, actually, you don't have to say it's nighttime. You don't have to say it was around the corner. The whole point of the mission is to tell you is that people don't look where they're going. Okay. Yeah, people are you know constantly they're 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 in their own heads and whatever and you. You have to understand that people don't look where they're going, and that's why you're exempt. How did into Nardah? So there's a case in Narda that somebody broke a barrel in rob Arabim, and it wasn't nighttime, and it wasn't around the corner. Okay, V'chiyev um, Shmuel, and Shmuel made him pay because he said you should have watched where uh, you know you should watch where you're going. Um, if it's not one of those special cases, but tumpedi said happened, a vechiev rava or a raba, and raba made him pay. So the muss says I understand why shmuel made him pay because shmuel going to his explanation. Shmuel says you're only exempt at nighttime. In the daytime, you should watch where you're going. Ela Ravah, Ravah who exempted him lemekishmuel svirle. Maybe he agrees like shmuel. Okay, that basically says that um, that normally in the daytime you would be chayev you need a special circumstances like the night because here he said you were chayev so it sounds like the norm- that's the n- normal position so the Gemara says Amarav Papa no Karna da Atzrahave no 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 this was a special case where people should know that uh, to look out why? it was uh, Rachi says this is also around the corner but it's a special case means it was a time when they were pressing the olives so it was like and in the time when they're pressing the olives and it's right in front of the olive press it's very common for people to leave these pictures of olive oil or I guess the pictures that they're going to be filling with the olive oil right in the street right outside the olive press Okay, the and since it's known that that's what happens and people have the permission to be leaving their pictures there in that case you should watch where you're going so here the case is it was a case of a day time as opposed to the mission that says you're putter, they would say that in the case of a day, the first position, Shemura would say, that in the case of a daytime, in normal case, you'd be chayev, you should watch where you're going, and you could say, the other position of Ravah is, you could say, no, 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 in general, we'll say like they say in Eretz Yisrael, people aren't expected to watch where they're going, and in general, you're putter. okay, but, there are some cases where you are expected to watch where you're going, you know, that it's the time of the pressing of the olive oil, and you know that you're getting near the olive press, So of course there, you have to watch what you're doing. In general, you're not expected to watch where you're going, but in these types of circumstances where people have a permission to be doing this and you should be aware of this, there you do have to. Okay, so the bottom line, the upshot of all of this is, what seems to be exactly against what we said yesterday, right? which seems to be there's a presumption that even as an adam Mazet, you're going to be exempt um, unless you have some degree of fault and some degree of negligence. So either we have to say that you're not expected to watch where you're going, so you have no fault, or you are expected to watch where you're going and therefore you do have fault, unless it's a special case, like it's the nighttime or it's around the corner or whatever. But basically the common denominator, whether we assume people are or are not supposed to watch where they're going or case where everybody should walk like it's the time of the pressing of the oil the common denominator of all of this is that y- a person is not liable for damage that they do unless there's a certain degree of negligence and a certain degree of fault and how does that fit with what we said before that Ado Muad Olam so there are two basic answers of the Rishonin in this um, Tosos which is I think the less interesting one and the Ramban which is the more interesting one Tosos' answer is well when we say Ado Muad Olam we don't really mean Okay, what we really mean is Tosafists basically have a continuum of degree of negligence. Okay, so you basically have here, which is like full pshia that a shomer chinam would be chayah for. Okay, that's full negligence, right? Remember the call called that like ruach mitsuya. Okay, and then you have at the other end of the extreme, you have anus, right? Completely act of God. You know, absolutely no negligence. And then in the middle of this continuum, you have um, you have Gineva and Aveda. If something gets lost or stolen, right, that, a Shomer Sacher is high for that. That's a middle, well, I just put that down. Okay. Gineva and Aveda. Okay, so that's like, that's like, uh, you know, a middle degree of negligence. This is full negligence, and this is partial negligence. Partial. Because, you know, you could have watched it better to prevent it from getting stolen or lost okay so there's a partial negligence in that case and he, so there's you could have done more with Ingenev and Aveda of course um, 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 Aveda is much closer to The full negligence, right? Things get lost, means you were really being sloppy with them. Okay? Getting stolen, somebody else was coming and trying to take it, was much closer to the honest side. All right? So Tosu says, when we say Adam is Mord olam, we mean that Yechayim, not only in the case of pia you're even higher in these in, in the cases of partial negligence that are on this side of Pshia. But cases where you have zero, like we have zero negligence, or very minimal negligence, these are cases that you're going to be putter on, and that's the idea of walking in with Shasarabim, where you basically say if you're not expected to watch where you're going then it's considered to be very minimal type of negligence, okay? So it tells us we're not saying, we are not saying all of this. We are actually saying that you, based on our sugya, what we're actually saying is, you need a small degree of negligence to be ha- and you need a small right. You need a word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you need a small degree of negligence You need some degree of negligence to be But if it's only a very, but if it's only a very small degree, you're actually you're you're, you're actually going to be putter Now, why Tosus didn't just say that you're chayav in these cases, um, but and is because to, because for example, to say that you, you don't have to watch where you're going is not really an onus, right? I mean, obviously, you know, there's a certain degree you could be more careful, even if in general people don't watch where they're going or whatever. And there are other sujas as well that basically leads Tosus to say you need, you, need, you know, you're chayiv in cases of, uh, what do you call it, of uh, partial negligence, but if the negligence is very small, you're going to be partial and you're not really chayiv la'olam. Okay, so that's Tosus. Tosus says ademul la'olam doesn't really mean la'olam. Tosus says ademul la'olam just means that you don't need full negligence to be chayiv, but you still need partial negligence. The Ramban's answer is a much more interesting one. The Ramban says and this is what Hilla was saying. So Ramban said, and I think I've said this before, yes, you are Muadla Olam, assuming that there is not contributory negligence. So if I went ahead, Ramban says, when the Gemara says that if a Ruach mitsuya I remember Ted dictates that a person is Chayav by a Ruach She'aina mitsuya so Ramban says, even if like a whirlwind picked me up and threw me down on your vessels or whatever and I broke them, I'd be Chayav. Other Muadla la'olam complete onus, I'm Chayav. So what's going on in this case of Risha Sarabin that I'm potter if I'm not supposed to watch where I'm going, not expect to watch where I'm going? because you're also negligent. If you know people usually don't watch where they're going and you're putting your vessels in which are then you're bringing it upon yourself. So therefore, what? Well, sort of least stay there, I guess, but you're, you're. I mean, yes, this <laughs> stay means I'm making you do like Okay, but, but I don't know if I exactly say, it is interesting to even if I trip and I get hurt, but if I always do I trip and I break your thing, you know, but yeah, but in contributory negligence, when you're bringing it upon yourself, that's what happens here, so in the Roshul when I'm choosing to put my vessel down, you know, you have, you'd be high of, even though you have no negligence, but because I know that normally, you don't watch where you're going, and I'm going to put it down anyway, I am, well, I am bringing it upon myself. If you normally do watch where you're going. That doesn't make the, the issue of you watching where you're going. Isn't that I needed your negligence to be, for you to be higher. If you watch where you're going, it means that I'm not negligent for putting it down because I could expect that you will see it. So the whole gemara's discussion about should the guy is the guy expected to watch where he's going? Is it the nighttime? Is it around the corner? Whatever is not to determine if the mazik had negligence. We don't need the mazik's negligence. It's to determine if the nizak was negligent in putting it down because he should have realized that it was likely, given the way people act and where the thing was placed, it was likely to get damaged. Yes, Jenna. I'm going to say it's like laws well, around reasonable expectations of privacy, but like the same act of eavesdropping or whatever that would do in someone's private house uh-huh. is illegal for you to do, but if they're in the middle of the street and they're talking about something, then they don't have a legal effort. That's a nice that. point, right, exactly, it's a nice point, yes. What about when he intentionally breaks it, even though it's contributory negligence, so that we're going to get to, but that is if I did something actually, that's going to be taking the launch of your own hands when your stuff is in the way. The yes, so we're going to get to that. But oh. that's when the stuff was in the way and I needed to break it to get through. Yeah. Okay, but as a, but, but its case was just, I didn't need to break it to get through, it was just an accident, right? That would be the, that, so, but we'll see that case. Okay, so that's like, this is like amazing, like the Gemara says, Adamul Olam, and right after saying Adamul Olam, and falling off a rooftop with a Ruach She'aina and all these things, it thinks about, oh, but, you know, if you don't have to watch where you're going, you should be exempt so that means to radically redefine and say you need a certain degree of negligence and Ramban says no 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 you are a you fall off a rooftop a whirlwind pushes you off you're chayel I don't care if the guy though knew that you would have acted in certain ways and he put it in your way right, then he's to blame as well and that's why you're potter alright so let's do one more piece of Gemara um Okay. They asked the following question. I'm sorry, seriously. Show of Nachman, the of Center of Nachman. Um Amru, they said Lyrekuvas Shalosh. If somebody pushes somebody like with his uh, like a leg, you know, um, then he uh, it's a it's a bowshed, is he it's an embarrassment worth like three zuh. Okay, it would be if he kicks the guy. Chanisha he pays f- f- five this is like this is like a standard fines that they had for Rashi says for Boshet you know if people uh, th- that, that they said that that was a degree of embarrassment we would send no carrot but if you and you hit him with like a uh, this thing which is basically a like a a, a saddle you pay 13. what about if it was like the handle of a hoe or the metal of a hoe how much would you pay for uh, embarrassment if somebody did that to somebody so he sent back to him what are you doing are you collecting knats in bavel? Boshes is a type of a Knot payment something we'll discuss later okay whether it's Knas or it's like Knas. But anyway, and you don't do it unless you have smicha, unless you have that smicha that goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. You don't do it in Bavel. So, Emily Gufa de Uvde Hechi Tell me exactly what the story was. I, I, let me get to the bottom of this. So, Sha'achwe, he sent him. So, who Gargusa, a certain well, the day tray of two, of a partner, owned by partners. They would alternate days. Each day a different person would draw the water. delay. One person came and was drawing the water when it wasn't his day. Amalei. So the other guy said, "Yomadidiyu. It's my day." The other guy ignored him. Ah, whatever. Shut up. And he was throwing water when he wasn't allowed to. So the guy whose day it was took the uh, like the, the handle of a of, of, of a hoe machye, and he hit him. Okay, to to protect his uh, access to the water on his day. may So so he wanted to know what should I do to find this guy. He beat this other person who was drawing from the well on the wrong day. So Amr lay, so he said back to him, uh, who was it? Uh, who was saying to who? Rav Nachman said to Rav Chizda, Let him hit him a hundred times with the handle. And he hit him with the handle. He shouldn't be paying anything. He had a right to hit him with the handle even according to the opinion that you're not allowed to take the law into your own hands, but if it's going to be an an irrevocable loss, you are allowed to take the law into your own hands. Now why was it an irrevocable loss? Let him draw the water and then let me sue him to be reimbursed, you know, so Rashi says well you don't know, I mean like my plants might have died, you know, what's going to happen to my plants today if I can't get them watered, what's going to happen to, you know, you know, maybe the well will run dry after a certain period of time. So my ability, if I really am going to suffer a loss that cannot be recovered in the courts, I'm allowed to take the law into my own hands but if I can be recovered in the court then I am not okay and the reason we are bringing this in here is because that's going to be the case of filling a sarabim with pictures am I allowed to break my way through why don't I have to call the cops why am I allowed to take the law in my own hands and break my way through so this is, introduces what we're going to discuss tomorrow this very important sugya of basically called vigilantism but it's taking the law into your own hands to protect loss of your own property or to protect your own rights. The right, that's like Spider-Man, right? That's like, the is you're trying to stop other people from doing crimes, whatever, you know, in general in society. Taking the law into your own hands is protecting your own property and your own rights, you know, rather than letting, letting injury happen and then trying to recover it through going to basin and through calling the cops. So that's what we're going to discuss in this context of filling the road with barrels. But again, the key Kiddush that we said today about Ademov Olam is that there's a debate, should you watch where you're going, should you not watch where you're going, and so on. But is that because you are only liable if you're negligent? Or is that because, no, 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 you're liable all the time, whether you're negligent or not. But the issue is whether the other person was negligent. Should they have been aware that they were go- that by putting their you know, picture there, you were going to trip on it, and therefore they were bringing it upon themselves. Okay, so two very different interpretations of the limits of Adamo'odla'ola.